1: Hello, I'm Mark Boris, and welcome to this week's episode of The Mentor. Something that comes up in conversation with business owners is the importance of working with other businesses to get a leg up. So, collaboration, it's king. So this week, my guest is Jess Rufus, the founder of a company called Collabosaurus. What a great name. They are a self-described Tinder for brands, connecting brands with similar interests and audiences looking to work together for events, launches, and various projects. I'm really keen to hear how this all works, so let's get into it. Jess Rufus, welcome to The Mentor.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Righto. Tell me about Collabasaurus. Oh
0: my just, I where know do about I the start? Give me
1: the <laughs> how, where the name come from? i obviously got Collaborate, but yeah. did, who thought of it?
0: Well, it was actually a joke name. It started out as Colabosaurus Rex when we were building a prototype and that was just sort of my pet name for it. And then it stuck and I really liked it. But no one liked the name to start with.
1: How important is that name now that you're stuck with it become? I mean, obviously it's a name of your business, but tell me how it's working.
0: It's working really well. It's quite a talking point. A lot of people say, oh, I love the name because it's kind of quirky and cute. Um, it's not like the other sort of startup tech platforms out there. It's not some little short name that ends in a Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I can sort of see a St. George Dragon style icon next to it. You Remember remember the old friendly St. George Dragon? I can sort of see a little uh, dinosaurus or colabasaurus that you make up sort of sitting next to it.
0: So many people are calling for a mascot, that's for sure, yeah. Yeah,
1: I can see you making it (laughs) quite cute. So tell me about the business, Jess. What's going on?
0: So Collabosaurus is pretty much like an online dating platform for brands. So it works like a matchmaker. And basically, the reason it came about is because I was working in fashion and lifestyle PR, and I was constantly trying to source partnerships for the media launch events that we're putting on. So caterers and venues and photographers and goodie bag inclusions and things. And, you know, these rooms were full of journalists and key fashion industry players and influencers. Um, But it was always just such a scramble to find great partnerships, you know, as a publicist, you were reliant on your own networks of other publicists who are representing brands. And it just, you know, tended to be this, um, you know, reach out to everyone that you knew. And it was like, who has free stuff that we can somehow incorporate to this event. So that was really frustrating and time consuming. Um, and then I went and worked in small business marketing education and kind of saw brand partnerships and collaborations from the smaller business side. Um, and what I found there was a lot of businesses weren't pursuing partnerships because they'd been rejected before. Um, They weren't getting any response back when they sent out um, sort of partnership pictures or they felt as though they've been taken advantage of in the past. So um, Tinder was becoming popular at the time and I was trying to source um, event partnerships for the company I was working for. And I thought, oh my gosh, how amazing would it be to have a Tinder style platform that could connect brands together for marketing partnerships.
1: So just to clarify, for everybody. Uh, what do you mean part by partnership? So let's say I'm Sony, would that be a good example of somebody? Yeah. And I'm doing a launch. Mm-hmm. I would come to you in the past, not not Collabasaurus, but in the past, you're working at a PR agency and you're a publicist there. And I say to you, look, I want to do a launch of um, a new record label or something. So what, what would you do? What do you mean by partnerships?
0: So partnerships, I mean, it's used in lots of different ways. The way we look at it is their marketing collaborations. Um, So it's really when two brands come together, sort of exchange marketing assets like social media following, like content creation skills, um, and basically are able to tap into each other's audiences in the process. So if you've seen things like GoPro and Red Bull teaming up and doing content creation and event stuff together, they're able to tap into each other's audiences. Same thing with Peter Alexander, the Pyjamas brand and Makona Coffee. They did a limited edition print um, of the Peter Alexander Prince o- over the coffees um, and that went nuts for right. Makona. So it's basically, yeah, two brands coming together, doing something really cool together to engage their audiences and tap into new so ones. So that's a,
1: that's a popular form of uh, marketing your business now is collaborating yep. with another brand. Yeah. Okay. So and you're saying to me – because what I'm trying to identify here, Jess, is all, like all good businesses, there's a problem and you've got to find a solution. I'm trying to work out what the problem was or what's the, what's the issue – So the issue is – explain to me the issue.
0: There's a couple. So the first one is that marketing is becoming increasingly expensive and it's also uh, dominated by big players like Facebook ads, Google AdWords – um, banner advertising and then influencer marketing is just sort of coming out of the woodworks now. Um, and the other problem is is that sourcing collaboration partners traditionally takes a whole lot of time. You have to research, reach out, follow up, you know, and then negotiate terms, whereas Collabasaurus streamlines the whole process. No, no, I don't
1: want to go into the solution just yet. You're yeah. the solution. I, that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, uh, but I just want to just concentrate on the problem just a little bit more, just open up the problem for our audience now. I just ex- keep explaining the problem. Like, you know, uh, is it time or is it money or is it all these things? Uh, or, or, you know, did, you just said to me a lot of people have had bad experiences with collaborating. Mm-hmm. Like you gave an example. I'm sure there's not a bad experience. Peter Alexander and Makona Coffee. Although, Peter Alexander is about sleeping and Makona is about waking. Uh, so it's a bit unusual. But... That's quirky in itself. But um, what do you mean, like, people can have a bad experience, the partners, people collaborating with each other?
0: A lot of the time it's just communic- it's a communication issue and things aren't in writing. Um, collaborations, sort of a lot of them are done on sort of verbal contracts um, and it's awesome to have things like a joint marketing agreement in place to keep things solid and legit and to make sure that both brands follow through on their promises. Um, in terms of the problem, though, I mean – Advertising your brand, if, you, if you're if you launching a new product, so let's say Sony's launching a new product, they're kind of reliant on if they want to market and sell that product, they're reliant on the existing community that they've built already in terms of their email list and social media, and they're reliant on paid, paid advertising pretty much mm. through um, Facebook ads, Google AdWords traditional print, all that kind of stuff, whereas collab- uh, collaboration marketing is sort of an alternative marketing strategy where you can tap into new audiences and reach whole new pools of people without spending a cent. You can basically exchange your marketing assets in a collaboration. Well,
1: and, and the only reason someone's going to exchange it with Sony, let's say Sony's launching a new, I don't know, some sort of product that uh, – and they're going to do a deal with a beer company because beer goes with the product. It might be a new TV or something like, that for, <laughs> especially for sporting games or something. So they do a deal with VB. Um, when you say it doesn't cost money, but VB is basically saying, "Look, we're going to give you our data, our list, um, in return for you giving us your list." So there's a swapping, isn't there? You, there is a
0: swapping, but I would strongly recommend never giving up your list. You don't.
1: No, I don't mean give it to yeah. them. Like uh, share, the, sh- allow them to you use that you use your list for their stuff yes yeah. to ex- exposure yeah so yeah. You, it's, but it's an exchange of um reach probably yeah. way of putting it. so but so there is a cost because VB spent money building that that list um in the example we gave sony b- spent money building their list so you're you're exchanging your assets for no money
0: yeah well it has to be a mutually beneficial yeah, yeah. That's value what I'm saying. exchange so it has to be yes. mutually
1: beneficial so yeah. both parties have to say yeah well, you know I'm equal to them I'm cool. Um, they're equal to me and I'm equal to them. Um, and uh, it's a fair swap. Yeah. So that would be a bit of an issue trying to uh, find this fair swap because everybody would rate themselves maybe differently <laughs> to each other. I mean, like um, in the example of Peter Alexander and McCona, um, both big brands. McCona's probably been around a lot longer. Um, maybe. I don't know. We'll never a clue. But um, I guess what happens is the collaboration person, the person in between you, before, you're sort of trying to broker a deal. Is that how it works in mm. terms of this? Well, the
0: lucky thing is now with all the technology and social <clears throat> media and everything, it's a lot more quantifiable than yeah. it ever has been. So it's a lot easier to figure out, you know, what an audience is worth in terms of their engagement um, and demographics. So, yeah, it's easier to figure out a fair exchange these days.
1: Yeah, but so, uh, so do you, as a collaboration um, – Broker um, prior to Collaborators, but as a collaboration broker, um, do you have digital tools that allow you to um, um, overlay quantifiable data against um, behavioral data? In other words, it's all very well to say, I oh, yeah, my audiences, I've got 2 million people who follow me at Macona, you know, who are on the Macona Facebook or whatever mm-hmm. it is, um, but, yeah, but then you want to slice and dice it into all the various. Or age, demographics, ethnographic, psychographic, um, blah 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 blah. Um, uh, there's do the tools exist today? The digital tools do they exist today to be able to do a proper analysis of pro- proper analysis outside just quantify, qu- quantitative analysis that actually says my audience or that audience is equal to or equivalent to the other person's audience? Do those tools exist?
0: Well, it's about to be in January when we relaunch the Collabosaurus website. Yeah,
1: right. But so you're saying they don't exist?
0: Uh, not that I have found. No.
1: So is that a reason why? Um, is that a reason why being a collaboration broker, which you were, um, which you sort of are again, but were in your <laughs> previous pre digital days, um, it, it, was that one of the issues trying to put the partners together? I mean, convincing both parties that they're equivalent yeah. or. The valuable to each other.
0: Yeah, it comes down to a lot of negotiation and leverage, um, and being able to really identify and communicate the value exchange, like what exactly mm. is being exchanged and where the value lies for both brands.
1: Because I know if someone came to me, there's no way in the world they would know more about my data than I know about my data. So true. And uh, and equally, I wouldn't. I would equally know that I don't know more about their data than they know about their data. So I'd find it very difficult for me to agree. On a collaboration, um, because I I would need a broker in the middle, so I'd only do it if it just totally suits me.
0: You need Calabasaurus,
1: or, <laughs> mate, or that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to get to here, Jess. That's the whole point. I'm trying to work out what the problem is, and and therefore the solution, which is what you what you've got. Um, I'm trying to work. I, I want our audience to understand that when you come to setting up a business, be clear on your problem that you're trying to solve solve for. And why is your solution better than you know? Why is it a better mousetrap if there's already a mousetrap, or if there's no mousetrap, you're coming up with a mousetrap? And uh, I'm trying to get to the bottom of this um, because, and I have some experience in this area at a in in a quantitative analytics style. Um, and um, in fact, I'm doing something right now, uh, right now for the government on this. And um, and one of the big issues is um, uh, in terms of small business owners actually is. Um, being able to work out the proper segmentations of marketplaces and how you segment by all the various um, tests, all the various benchmarks, I should say. And uh, I'd guess the same thing would apply to audiences.
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah,
1: so so that's the problem. The problem is it's very hard in the non-digital industry to actually go out there and broker these – partnerships. And by the way, it's a new, I didn't even know there were such things as partnerships Well, people collaborating with each other to promote something. And It's, it's, it's great. And I mean, I'm sure most people listening to this today, they wouldn't know it either.
0: It's funny once you start looking for it though. They're everywhere. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that's the case. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but it, it what's also makes sense to me what's interesting is there are people who sit in the middle of this brokering um, and trying to broker the deal and, and bring parties together and when parties do come together, if um, the experience is not great for one of the parties or both parties, then people will be pissed off and they're unlikely to use that broker again too. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I can imagine that sort of stuff happens all the time and it, it maybe have nothing to do with the analytics. It just might have been a bad campaign or,
0: mm-hmm. or, a,
1: or a relatively speaking poor campaign or an uninteresting campaign or, or just a total miss yeah. Um, does that happen a lot?
0: It does happen in the agency sense, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, A lot of marketing and advertising agencies at the moment are the ones responsible for brokering partnerships between large brands. Um, but that avenue is something that small businesses and startups just absolutely cannot afford. It's hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars for agency representation. Because you
1: pay the agency.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You pay the agency a lot and then you exchange your assets in a partnership anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean. But if
1: you're a small brand, you probably don't care. Because you're probably saying, "Well, I mean, no, my assets aren't that great anyway, because I don't have many followers or many much of an audience." But you're probably saying, oh, "I want to get to the bigger, I want to get to their big audience."
0: Well, it's funny with small businesses, I get that a lot. A lot of startups and small businesses say, "Oh, I have nothing to offer another brand," when that's absolutely not true at all. I was collaborating with brands for Clubosaurus before I even had a product, before I had a big social media following. I didn't have any cash to spend, um, and basically, what I would exchange as a value um, exchange would be things like my PR skills or content creation skills. So you can create beautiful social media content on your phone these days, and it's really just an exchange of time. So I used to approach partnerships being like, I really want to tap into your audience. Maybe we could run a webinar together. I will do the entire setup. I'll do all the tech, all of the content, everything. And basically, that was the exchange. So I delivered a ton of content.
1: Okay. So so people listening, we know what the problem is, um, and we're going to come into the solution in a second. but. Um, what what's your exp- uh, how? – how is it you can create the tech, et cetera? Where did you get your experience from or, you know, what? Did, what's your skill set to, to be able to do this?
0: Well, my skill set's in marketing and PR and I have a business partner who's on the tech side right. um, and he's ex-finance as well. So he brings a lot of experience to the table as well. Um, look, my, my experience with it is really just I experienced the frustrations of sourcing and um, setting up partnerships myself when I was working in marketing and PR. Um, and then you know we've been doing Clubasaurus now for three years, and it's evolved a lot over those three years. So I've gained a lot more insight into the market.
1: Yeah. So you you where you're, where you didn't have the skill set that you 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 went in a partnership with someone with the skill set to complement your skill set.
0: Absolutely. But I've also um I've also had to pick up a little bit of code.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> you so you can help. Well, at least you understand the coding process. Yeah. Okay. Good. And so. um, yeah, okay. That's 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 oh, it's. Uh, and you're only pretty young. How old are you?
0: I'm just turned 26.
1: Oh, good on you. That's unbelievable. Fantastic. Um, it's funny, you know, because I was talking to someone, a, a group of people yesterday about um <clears throat> digital um uptake or d- digital tools uptake by categories of people, and people under 30 have no issue, you know, yeah. using digital tools to enhance the business. In fact, your your business is one. One big digital tool, so um, in, in, a, in a large sense. But uh, and but, whereas people over a certain age, over thirties, tend to have a lot of difficulty with this stuff, even using digital tools to enhance their business, just. Even social media, it sounds ridiculous, but over 30.
0: I mean, that's when UX comes into play. I know you spoke to the guys at Academy XI the other Mm -hmm. day, um, and they're big on the whole UX space. And if you can create a design and user experience that's intuitive and really user-friendly, I think then that addresses that market of over 30s or over 35s um, who do struggle with the tech a little bit more.
1: Yeah, they probably need to go to some of those um, courses that they provide
0: I did one. I did Is a UX it, course. I did it really? Yeah.
1: Oh, good on you. <laughs> Serious? That's great. That's cool. Uh, and what was your experience like?
0: I was a great UX. Yeah. <laughs> great user experience of the UX course. Yeah, yeah I did a one-day boot camp because <clears throat> we're um, getting ready to launch a new platform and I just wanted to make sure I had checked all the boxes that I needed to check and I was interested in the, you know, behavioral psychology behind user experience and yeah, it was interesting.
1: Yes, yeah, a lot of it's to do with the qualitative stuff or the behavioral, the behavior of the um, customer or the the end customer, the end consumer.
0: Have you heard of a platform called Hotjar? I think it's an American one, but basically it's a little snippet of code that goes into the back end of your website and it records um, someone's, a user's behaviour. So I sat there and watched about 100 hours of recordings of people using the Calabasaurus site and it was so interesting to see where people... Crossed out of the window or abandoned it. Um, not what not what I expected at all. So yeah, that was a really interesting insight.
1: I don't think we use Hotjar, but we have those. We have software that does the same analytics. Yeah, um, it's quite interesting to, to watch people's behaviour. So okay, so that's the, that's the problem. <laughs> we we're, we're now we're, no we we're, can we're just carry on about a whole lot of stuff and you know, People won't. We don't want them. We don't want people tuning out. So because we're getting too technical now, but um, we're not getting too technical. But. So, that's the problem. Now, you tell me how Collabasaurus solves the problem.
0: So, uh works like an online matchmaking platform. So, so, it's a
1: marketplace.
0: Yes, it's a marketplace. For? For startups, small businesses, marketers. Um, most of our industry spaces that we target are fashion, beauty, lifestyle, food and beverage. And then there's a portion of B2B as well. Um, and basically, what we do is we... Significantly cut down the time it takes to source and negotiate and leverage a partnership. Um, on average, we're about 30 times cheaper than other digital advertising. So we did a whole lot of data and um, research. Slide, let me
1: slow you down a bit. So we've got a marketplace. So the marketplace effectively is a place where people feel like they can come to, 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 to trade or treat with somebody. Okay? Mm-hmm. And you've got vendors and you've got buyers on the marketplace.
0: Well it's usually- I don't
1: mean selling and buying yeah. but I mean yeah, one we've got people who are prepared to transfer assets mm-hmm. okay that's a vendor and a buyer okay so so it's a, because I don't want people to get you know sort of caught up in oh what, what are they talking about? It's just like going down to Patty's markets and you've got a stall. A whole heap of stalls, of and then you've got people walking by each of the stalls and sort of saying, oh, "I wouldn't mind doing something." There's no money exchange, but there's a there's a there is an exchange of assets. Money's ju- money's just a it's nothing. It's just an exchange mechanism, It's a currency.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, what you're doing is you're exchanging the thing that earned you the money, your exertion or, or your time or something like that uh, in return for the asset that you're buying. So, I want everyone to think about marketplaces in a typical sense, a marketplace, and in that marketplace, you have. Explain to the, to the audience now who you have in that marketplace. The marketplace, by the way, physically is not in existence, but it's a computer site. It's an online site, right? Yeah. That, um, you're, you're with me here? So, <laughs> exp- okay. So because people, you know, people get a bit – they get a bit weirded out by um, the technology around all this. And, you know, you understand it. You get it because you build it. Um but like it's actually quite simple. It's just a new mechanism. That's all.
0: I liken it to. It's like if you walk into a networking event, um, and but everyone in the room has been pre-interviewed to determine that they'd be an awesome connection for you to make because they're in complementary industry spaces or because they have similar audiences to you. All of that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, because Tinder and networking as well—they're all marketplaces. The mm-hmm. Tinder's a marketplace for—we won't talk about Tinder's a marketplace for—but you got buyers and sellers, and <laughs> uh, and uh, and networking is too. It's just—it's a, a marketplace. Everybody just turns up to a place and they market themselves. That's what a marketplace is—market um, something. Mm-hmm. So your marketplace, explain who you have on each side. So what types of—you know—explain the sorts of people who want to come to your marketplace. Put it that way. Yes. Why do they find it attractive? Why do they want to go to your marketplace?
0: Uh, so we have uh, everything from startups and small businesses through to big brands, So um, and like I mentioned before, fashion, beauty, lifestyle, food and beverage style spaces. Um, we have brands on there like Topshop or uh, CUB, for example, with those, uh, all the alcohol brands underneath them. Sydney Restaurant Group are on there as well, which is awesome. And basically they're just looking for new ways to uh, tap into new audiences.
1: Right. So, and then let's say I want to stroll through the marketplace. Mm -hmm. What am I going to see that's interesting to me?
0: So the first thing that Collabosaurus gets you to do is to create a project. So you'll need to fill in details about your audience that you have, as well as what you want to achieve versus what you can offer another brand. And these are all from drop-down menus. So let's say you wanted to achieve, um, you wanted to grow your email list. And then what you could offer another brand is exposure to a really great Instagram
1: account. Okay, right. So it's a... Pretty much you're saying, oh, show us what you got.
0: Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And then what Calabasaurus does is we've built an algorithm that will match you up with other brands on the site who are in complementary industry spaces, who have similar target markets to you, and can basically help you achieve what you want to achieve in terms of like email list growth and who want what you have, like okay. Instagram. Okay, Australia. right. So
1: so for those, again, the people who are listening who aren't sort of all that um, experience in this area, so the thing that makes your marketplace work in other words, when I'm strolling through the marketplace online, um, the thing that makes your marketplace work is the matching process, which is which is basically just a mathematical equation. Mm-hmm. We're calling it an algorithm, but it's just. Pump, uh, pumps a whole lot of variables into an equation and and, and gives you a, one solution or a list of solutions?
0: So the average match return, you'd usually get about 20 matches returned to you, yeah. yeah. And then you can browse through them and any of them that look interesting, you can request to connect and set up right. a first so, date.
1: <laughs> I, so I put in my details and uh, and correct the first date. So I put in all my details and... Uh, um, you know, in the in the menu, as you, you know, it's just obviously is quite intuitive. I can follow through it. I can just blah blah blah, and I put in all what what I've got to offer as well. I guess you might even ask me what I'm looking for, and then the formula will pump out to me twenty twenty, 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 did you say twenty
0: on average? Twenty yeah. oh, on
1: average, twenty different other businesses that might work for me, mm-hmm. and uh, then what happens? Do I then say? Do I ring up and say, or, or do I um, uh, go back into the uh, website and say, listen, I'm interested in number one and five?
0: Yeah. Uh, so the projects <coughs> that you've been matched up with, you can basically click through to them and view a lot more details about their demographic and what they're offering. And yep. then there's a button that says send request to connect. And then basically that brand will receive an email and a notification. It's like someone wants to connect with you. It's pretty much exactly like a dating site in this sense. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I get it. And then, then I presume that means the other participant has to be constant vigilant to to their email or whatever it is it connects, you you connect to them with, making sure that there is someone tapping on, just about to tap on their door.
0: Absolutely. And we follow up as well. The site (laughs) follows up.
1: The site follows up? At any stage, is there any physical follow up, like physical phone calls, like old school stuff?
0: There's very rarely phone calls. Um, We do a lot of that with agencies um, that want to hear more about how we could help the brands that they represent because, you know, one agency would represent a hundred brands. Uh, so that we do the phone call thing. More um, like a pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And That's then, more you
1: pitching as opposed to the other particip- participant pitching.
0: True, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then what we found, I mean, we've built ed- – we found when we launched Collaborasaurus, not a lot of people knew what collaboration marketing was, yeah, yeah. period. So we have built a lot of educational resources and educational funnels that educate Brands through the process, so that by the time they've set up a project on Collabasaurus, it's very straightforward, and they know what they're part of.
1: What comes first? So, I mean, with all these marketplaces, you're either looking for the vendor or the buyer, or I don't know. You you got to you got to build you got to build both, but you'd go to something first. So, um, what did you go to first?
0: Well, the first launch oh, of um, I actually launched the first version of the website as a tool for publicists um, and I needed a lot of uh, I had a lot of conversations with publicist friends of mine and I was like, you know would you use something like this? What do you think? And the feedback I got was, yes, this is exactly what we're looking for. And then of course I launched and none of my early adopters were publicists because they wanted to see case studies and traction and a big a big marketplace that was full of really great brands for them to partner with. So all of our early adopters tended to be startups and small businesses right. who were like, we'll give this a go, we want to tap into new audiences and we don't really have this huge marketing okay, budget. that's where the
1: demand was. So yes. I was not trying to get to because you, you've got to find where the demand is. You would love to have – I mean, it's a bit like if I'm a real estate agent and I've got a website and it's online and a real estate agent and, and um, I'm looking to get people to buy and sell property. The first thing you think, oh, shit, I'll go and fill it up with inventory of properties for sale. But the people who have got the properties are going to say, "Well, hang on, you don't know anybody who wants to buy," so you so you probably end up trying to find the buyers in the beginning. So what you're saying is, in your case, you end up with the small business guys who probably didn't have a big, who had a demand for tapping into partnerships and collaborating mm-hmm. with bigger organisations who could help them out.
0: Yeah, well, what ended up happening in the early days is that, you know, small businesses would collaborate with other small businesses and that was really powerful and successful because they could slowly grow their communities that way. Um, and then, but the website at the beginning was full of industry jargon and didn't really make sense to a startup or small business. Yeah, because it
1: was geared towards the Exactly,
0: publicists. yes. So we had to kind of go back to the drawing board and that's when I met my business partner and we put new designs on top of the old code because we couldn't afford to rebuild the website from scratch and then we were able to quadruple in a week because all of a sudden we were speaking to the audience that were actually using the language exactly yeah language alone Um, and then we started attracting bigger brands and agencies representing bigger brands Um, and they're mostly interested in you know the guerrilla marketing and sort of engaging audiences in a bit of a different way, you know, because every big brand does the billboards and the TV advertising and all that kind of stuff. But we've seen incredibly powerful marketing campaigns with big brands partnering up with small brands, as well as um, two big brands coming together and doing something really cool. So there's a bit more of a demand for it now. More people are understanding it.
1: It's interesting, um, you know, for people listening, when you build these marketplaces, you've got to make sure you've got the language or you 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 got you got the language where you're talking to, you got the language where you're talking to your audience, but you've got to know your audience's language. So you've got yeah. to do the analysis of the audience's language. So who you pick to be your audience, who you assume is going to be your audience, is very important because, as you just said, if you get it wrong, even if you build the language right, if you get the audience wrong, then you've got to rebuild the language for the for the right audience. So it's quite a a difficult process. Uh, you know, this, this sometimes you've got to step these things and be prepared to make a mistake. And be able to recover the mistake, which and is what you've it's done. it's
0: iterative. You know, you just yeah. have to be open to change and testing things out. And I'm a serial tester. I love split testing things and seeing how things go and looking at the data. So, yeah, I love that stuff. And it's been, over the last three years, it's been a very um, transformative sort of evolving process with Calabasaurus.
1: Yeah, okay. And uh, the algorithm, I mean, it's, you know, you've got to be good at this stuff. Um, um, who builds this? I did. You did?
0: Yeah. So I how built did you the, learn to do that? Well, I mean, you basically can work out a formula within an Excel spreadsheet that's based on percentages, um, and then you can hand that over to a developer who turns that into code, basically, mm, yep. to make a function. Um, but I mean, in saying that, the the algorithm that we have right now, the formula that, that I built, um, is based off something like... 25 data points. It's not super complicated. It's, you know, how many pieces make up a whole (laughs) kind of thing. Um, But then we've been building a new website, for example, and Nick, my business partner, I had to engage his help because he understands numbers a lot better than me. And the new algorithm we're about to deploy is based on about 627 data points. So it's massive.
1: Right. Okay. And um, I presume... I presume that uh, that new algorithm that new algorithm um, spits out the same twenty, or you're going to tell me it only brings you down to five?
0: It totally depends on how much of a match your project is to the other matches o- the other projects on the platform. So you could be a perfect match for. 50 brands on the platform, unlikely, but that could be the case, whereas another brand might only have a good match to two. So it depends on the brand. It depends on the right. collaboration project as to how many matches you get back.
1: Because I want to talk about this, um, and you were launching this when? January?
0: January, yes.
1: We're going to go to the break because like all good organisations, we have um, people who like to advertise so, <laughs> and or at least promote their own products. So uh, we're going to go to the break, and when we come back, I want to talk to you about this, but also I also want to talk to you about um, – how you funded yourself going through this process? Like I wanted to talk about, you know, because everyone's just sitting there listening, oh, yeah, look how lucky she is. She's just gone and killed it and she's doing this great business now and blah, blah, and She's only 26 years of age. But I guess people don't realize the process of getting there and I don't want anyone to walk away from this particular podcast thinking it's easy. So Definitely we, not easy. <laughs> we go on to the break and we'll come back and talk to you. Okay, I'm back here with Jess Rufus and we're talking about her Collabosaurus website, Marketplace. Um, And we were just talking then about um, the introduction or the relaunching of um, your new um, algorithm, formula, um, at the end of… January, is it? Yeah. Okay. So, And it's now got 600 data points as opposed to, what, 20-odd whatever you're doing uh-huh. now? Um, and it was built with you and in, in collaboration, you and your business partner, I presume? Um, yes. And it's nearly ready to go. What is going to be the advantage of this new algorithm? And why, is it going, why are you going to have a sharper, more refined uh, website when it comes to the various users?
0: Look, I mean, the quality of the matches that you'll be returned is going to be way more specific to exactly what you're looking for. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Um, But it really allows Calabasaurus to be playing in the digital advertising space um, because how the website's structured now, you know, like a dating site, you'd you'd fill out a profile, you'd get returns some matches and it's like, you know, this is a beauty brand and they've got this and they're looking to collaborate. Whereas the new website will actually have – a quantifiable sort of data point. So it's like this match is worth $6,000 if you were to do the same thing on Facebook ads and you'll reach X amount of people. So it's a lot more.
1: It's a comparator.
0: Exactly, yes.
1: Yeah, so it sort of gives you richer information as opposed to necessarily – giving you a better match.
0: And it gives you more ROI data as well. Like we've really gone into the analytics side of things. Um, we found with Collabasaurus as it is now, I mean, every collaboration is so different depending on the two brands that come together. But either way, both brands are trying to grow their audiences and drive traffic. So it would be so amazing to have um, a dashboard that basically reports on how that collaboration went. So at the end you can go back in and go, okay, well, we grew by – Two hundred clients because of this campaign, and that is worth X. So that's what the new Collaborators platform does, among many other many other things. So, so
1: what's your uh, financial model? So, how do you? Like, how do do you make money out
0: of this? We're a subscription site. Right. So um, it's free to list a project on Calabasaurus and view your matches um, anonymously. And then uh, it's a monthly subscription fee. So it starts at $30 a month and that allows for five connections and it goes up to um, $489 for agencies. Um, But the most popular subscription is our $60 business subscription because the majority of our client base at the moment are small to medium sized businesses.
1: So I guess what you're sort of looking for is lots of people. Yeah. 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 So I mean, like, what in in, <laughs> t- in terms of uh, doing well, like, what would you say is the number of people you need to have be a subscriber on a monthly basis?
0: Twelve thousand. Twelve thousand. Yeah, but I mean, that's very achievable, seeing as Facebook ads have five million active advertisers every month. Um, Canva have 10 million users around the world. I've, I really think 12,000 is very achievable and that yeah, yeah. makes us a very attractive...
1: How, how far business. are you towards getting there to 12,000? We
0: have we have a community of 30,000, but with our existing tech, we've only got about 3,000 on the platform. Oh, actually, no, it's about 4,000 now um, actively using the platform. So there's a little way to go and we're just about to um, enter into a capital raise, which I'd love to ask you about later. Um, but, yeah, I really think this, this new platform that we're launching addresses a whole lot of the UX issues and tech, is- tech issues that we've had with the existing website. Plus it has that ROI and quantifiable nature to it so that it's a lot easier to see the value of the Calabasaurus platform itself and the matches that you'd be part. with. So the, up
1: you're, you're going to enhance the product. You're going to make Massively. it much more attractive. Still mm-hmm. well, the site po- so so
0: it same at, price? Uh, still the same price, yeah, for the moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, the site that you see today is actually our MVP with new um, designs Put on top of it, and it's barely holding it together yeah, yeah, with yeah. our user base.
1: Yeah, so you're gonna, you so it's not just a a, it's new a complete rebuild. It's, it's a rebuild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that can be quite expensive. in yeah. case a lot of time. Like you have a
0: business partner. Yeah,
1: totally. Um, <laughs> so and then, what's what interests me in this whole environment of startups, which is what you've got here, and uh, and you know you've found a problem, you've come up with a a good solution, um, you've it's successful at the moment and you can make it more successful by enhancing the product, which is what happens in all these things. It's not unusual. You keep evolving and evolving and evolving. But how the hell do you do it? Um, like how do you fund yourself? Because whilst you're in the build process three years, you've got to pay the rent and you've got to, you know, go and have a beer every now and then. Um, you, <laughs> you know, you've got to buy a new pair of jeans at, length, at least once every three years, um, you know. So... <laughs> You know, like, how do you do it? What did you do?
0: Oh, it's hard. When I started, uh, so I had the idea when I was 21 and I was like, yeah, I'll just go out and start this business and I can build a website. That's easy. I can do it with $200 that I had in my bank account. Yeah, you hear
1: that often. I
0: know, yeah. And so my mom basically said, uh, you should speak to my brother, my uncle, um, because he's, he worked from Macquarie Bank and he's invested in other companies before and he just knows about business. So I told him the idea and he said, yeah, that sounds good. Um, You're probably going to need some cash to get that started. And I said, oh, no, no, no. Like I can do this on my own, that's fine. And he goes, no, no, like, (laughs) really, you're going to need some cash. And so I did some projections and he looked at it and said, you need to triple it. Absolutely. And he basically supported um, the first build of the website, which I way overpaid for um, because I just didn't have knowledge of the space then. So he funded seventy-five grand at the beginning um, and that basically paid for the website build and a little bit of marketing and for me to be able to pay. I had a mortgage at the time as well. So that was really hard and I was working four jobs to support Calabasaurus. I was waitressing, I was English tutoring, consulting and building Calabasaurus. Um, And then basically what happened down the line was about a year in, this was when um, we were still that platform for publicists and it really wasn't working. We weren't making any money and the tech really needed to be redone, but we'd spent all the money on tech. And so I basically called my uncle and I was like, okay, we've kind of got to this point now where we need to take the next stage. And he basically said, I'm out. It doesn't look like it's working. You know, Maybe you should go get a job in marketing. And that was horrible. (laughs) And at the time I'd actually lost, I'd broken up with the partner I was with and I'd lost the mortgage. Um, and I was back living with my parents and, you know, still working my ass off in other jobs. And then, uh, the next day Apple called me and that was one of those moments where it was like, wow, if, if Apple know who I am, then I should probably keep going with this. So the money- called you about what? to speak at their event. They were holding an event at the Apple store right. um, on collaboration. So, yeah, they contacted me, which was very exciting. And then at that point, I basically maxed out credit cards and put the money that I had made from the buyout of that mortgage uh, of that house um, back into um to redo the website as you see it now with new designs. Um, and then I basically, as I kept going along, um, I sort of cut down the waitressing a couple of days and cut down the tutoring a couple of days and kind of weaned out of that to the point where it was only January this year that I completely quit waitressing um, and I'm in Calabasaurus full-time.
1: And it's paying you a wage, obviously.
0: Just, well, $300 a week if you call that. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if you call that well, a salary. Are
1: you still living at home? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's still not paying you a wage. It's... Not really, even nearly not even spending money. You can yeah. nail that in a Friday night, pretty easy. Oh
0: well, they still pay board and everything, so yeah, once yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, you yeah, can nail that in a yeah. Friday night. Yes, yeah, so there's but not
1: much left. So no. So and 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 I don't want because I want people to listen Don't want people to listening to because you know you you come across very confident and you know what your topic is, etc. And people listening saying, oh yeah, I'll be able to go and do that. But I, I, which is great. I want people to go and do these things, but I want people to understand like there's a lot of sacrifice involved. You know, like, so much. A lot of stuff you've got to do, and 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 it doesn't happen overnight. It takes years. Yeah. So, by the way, how's your uncle? Is he, He's out. He's not in the new deal.
0: No, I've paid a free him back. Carry?
1: Are you paying him seventy five grand back? Yeah. Good on you. Oh well, he's lost. He's lost nothing. Or oh, mind you, he should be. He he would be filthy now if he, because <laughs> he probably wishes he was a partner still in the new deal. Mind you, he's probably done a good family thing and helped out his mm-hmm. niece. Um so so uh, uncle lent you 70 so you got a you got a free kick or help by uncle uh, how much did you give away to him when he gave you 75000 you any equity? it away? was like a loan it was a loan yeah it was always a loan yeah, yeah and then you had to pay him with interest just for yeah of interest. i
0: offered i offered interest yeah. i really wanted to pay interest yeah. back but he said no look don't worry. okay
1: run. okay so you, you let's let's look at it like this way you sort of failed in your first Effort.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there's
1: nothing wrong with failure, by the way. And I and I don't. We learned a lot. <laughs> no, but, no, but you've got to do. You've got to go through these things to yeah. work work out what not to do because the the, the the variables are so broad. The number of things that you could do are so broad. Just because you choose one that didn't work out doesn't mean you failed. It just means you've eliminated the things that you shouldn't do. And this is a, then you had to change tack a little bit and go down a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to lose and lose early.
0: Well, what's interesting is it's kind of done a full circle because now we're attracting all of the publicists and agencies that we set out to attract at the beginning. So I think, you know, we just had to build up that database in the marketplace so it's full of people um, and case studies. And and the education. Credibility, exactly. I mean,
1: you've got to teach them a lot of times. You've got to to bring them with you. Yeah. And and a lot of times, like you say, the bigger organisation, the publicists and the advertising agency, they're just waiting to see because they probably don't even understand what you're doing to some extent. They certainly would know as understand as as well as you do, and they're probably just waiting to see whether you won, with you fail, with you succeed, and everybody wants to be on a winner. Mm. And once you're a winner, they all come. You know, they so. Well,
0: I'm a winner, obviously. Totally, (laughs)
1: totally. So good on on you, because I mean, I I think it's important to explain to everybody that there's a process here, and I I did say sacrifice. I'm not take that word back. It's more compromise, and I, I don't want to say sacrifice. There's just a process. And the process is there's reprioritization of things in your life.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if you want to achieve just to where you are now, that process requires um, plug and play different types of parts of your life, activities of your life. And what you've done, you've said, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to work because my personal exertion will earn me some money, which I can push into this business. Um, and over time, then you just started to – uh, realign your assets, your physical assets. That is your ability to work, your ability to, for personal exertion. Realign that with back into Claverosaurus and away from being a waitress. Um, did at any stage you think to yourself, fuck? What am I doing? This is really shitting me. Like uh, all, the it, yeah, all the time, all the time. So what drags you back into it?
0: Um. You know what? Every single time I've been at that really like low, low where it's like things aren't working, cash flow is a massive problem. And um, but I, I love it. You know, I love Collaborasaurus and I really believe and know that it works because I've used it myself and I've seen so many brands go through the platform now, hundreds of brands who've made incredible connections, not only for collaboration, but also networking connections that have resulted in long term relationships where um, we've had, you know, one brand, for example, a blogger collaborated with a photographer. In Melbourne, and then they ended up, you know, getting on so well that they released a travel guide for Melbourne together. And then um, that relationship continued, and they opened up a um, photography studio together. So it's really great to see these collaborations evolve. But yeah, look, what got me out of those ruts often was that opportunity really knocked right at the perfect time where I could I could see the next step, but also just perseverance. And I mean, I really think that. I don't know if you've heard Melanie Perkins from Canva say this before, but, you know, out-effort them. If you can out-effort most, peop- most people, you're like 90% more likely to succeed. Um, so I really think that hard work comes into it a bit, but I've always seen great results from working really hard. So I've just kept working hard.
1: I don't know that sounds simple, but it's, it is the formula. Uh, Melton John's song, I'm Still Standing. I mean, it's the guy's left standing with the girl. It's the person left standing at the end. So wins. many people
0: give up early, yeah, and I can see why it. looking back. I yeah, but, but why. if you
1: want to achieve it, you have to remain standing exactly no matter what happens. Exactly, you've, you've got to be the last person in the room,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's the one who wins. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a matter of you know, uh, having the biggest noise or the the, the best launch or whatever, it's about being the last person standing, and that requires a simple thing called perseverance mm-hmm. and belief in yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, who and okay, who gives a fuck? I'm like, I'm doing this, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, that, I, mean, I mean that in a in the sincerest way. I'm doing this, therefore, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, that's they're the words that I say to myself all the time.
0: And isn't it great to prove people wrong? <laughs> and well, correct,
1: yeah, wrong, and just if that motivates you, that's. But it's it, it simplified even more. I'm doing this and this is what I do. I'm doing So that's it. That's, that's my mantra. Mm-hmm. Don't get too uh, overcomplicated and start saying, yeah, but I could be doing that, I could be doing this, I could be doing that. And uh, maybe huh, as soon as you start getting in that territory, you're stuffed because there's so many could ofs, mm-hmm. ifs, the middle word of life, you know. Uh, yeah. If this, then that. No, no, no. I'm doing this. Yeah. So this is what I'm doing.
0: Well, your life's entirely up to you. And I mean, everyone around you is always going to have an opinion. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's, it's about you and what you want to do. Yeah.
1: So I, I want to wish you the best of luck in uh, the relaunching of um, Collaborasaurus's new website and all the algorithms. Thank you. But what question do you want to ask me before we go?
0: Okay. Are you ready for this?
1: Ready for this. It's
0: about capital raising because I've just been through an interesting experience there. Um, So I'd love to hear about your perspective of the Australian investing space. So a lot of people have told me that um, it's quite a conservative market in terms of raising capital in Australia. And I have found that to be quite true myself. Um, so, do you think we are behind as a country in this sense? And also, which investors or funds do you think are really leading the charge?
1: Um, well, the two funds that I think are really – the two f- funds, big funds anyway, that I think really are really leading the charge is uh, Blackbird and Airtree Ventures. I think those two. Um, but there's lots of smaller funds, but you've got to go and find them. So, uh, um, Marcus um, uh, Carl Betzer. Johnny's brother. Marcus has a fund. And I don't know the name of it, but um, uh, if you look up Marcus Carbets, so, I mean, he's a, a good smaller fund um, and uh, that's mostly private money, um, family money. Uh, down in Melbourne, there are a lot of families down there who are VC backers, um, but you've got to get to them. But, you know, the the Smorgans and the Pratts and the... they they're all got family office funds and mm-hmm. they, they do a lot of... They back a lot of early stage things. Sydney's harder than... Unless it's a, a big idea, Sydney's harder to get a backer. Melbourne's easier to get a backer because oh, there's smaller VC. But they, they tend to invest in smaller organisations. They do lots of them as opposed to one, one, one big one. Um, but I agree with you in the, the sense that uh, – I agree with your original question or your original statement that Australia is not great on tech investing. It's not so much not great. It's that our tech investing community is only small. Mainly because in this country we have lots of other options and alternatives to invest in and uh, we don't need to invest in tech. Yeah. Um, and, it, and there's not as much money sloshing around the the fund management environment to go into alternatives. Whereas the US, you know, there's a lot more funds going on over there and people mm-hmm. have made a lot more success, made a lot more money and there's a lot more stories around how much money they made. Therefore, everyone has sort of got a percentage of their total assets uh, uh, directed into – you know, new startups, particularly tech. So, um, but that's a function of uh, the amount of liquidity that exists in the US as opposed to Australia. We don't have that liquidity. So I don't think it's that um, the tech investors here understand tech and they want to invest in tech. I don't think it's that Australian investors don't like tech. It's just that Australian investors haven't had much experience in tech. Mm-hmm. And have options to invest, and it's in a other,
0: smaller community, A
1: much smaller community. Mm-hmm. But the people who are in the community understand it, and they they like to invest in tech, and they do do a lot of investment. But I and I do think the two big ones that I would recommend is Blackbird and Airtree Ventures. But there's all those, there's a whole lot of other ones, like uh, Investable. Um, there's a lot of them out there who are smaller guys. But I don't know how much money you're trying to raise in your capital raising, but. Uh, a lot of these guys tap out at a couple of million. A lot won't come in until after a million. Or, But, but I, I, as far as entry ventures, they'll go at it, come, come in at a half a million. I mean, they, they've got some big businesses that they've invested in, they've ridden with all the way through and they've done very well out of. Um, so does that answer your question?
0: Yeah. I mean, would you recommend startups seeking funding overseas? Do you um, think because because it is a smaller? Space. Well,
1: if you can if you can get to it overseas, I mean, it's you need once you get to say if you go to the valley or something, you're going to have to get someone who's going to take you around. Yeah. Um, or alternatively, you could do the you know you know you could you could do the total dislocation, take yourself over there, rent a little shitty little place, a shoebox somewhere, and that becomes part of your story. By the way, <coughs> but that'll take you a, a period of time, but once you hit it. If you get it off the ground, you do well. And I'm not saying your business would or wouldn't. I don't know the answer. to it. I don't know what the appetite is over there. But if you had that t- all polished up, and you know, you and you just doggedly went and knocked on doors, they will open the doors for you over there. They are good that way. Um, and to some extent, there's a uniqueness. It's, you're female. You're under 30. You're uh, got a. An, you're Australian. You've got an Australian idea, and then the idea itself. Um, I don't know if this is a unique idea around the world. I can't tell you. You, you have a better idea than me. But um, if this is a unique idea, then you got five unique assets that might actually get you in the door. You just want to get in the door. Yeah. And once you're in the door, you leave your foot there. and You don't <laughs> leave until <laughs> you they force kick you your out. way in. Totally. So yeah. that might work. Um, you know, you got to. You've got, I think you have got to play the the angle that I'm I'm under thirty and I'm female and I've done this on my own you know, with your business partner, that is, but I'm not, not, not doing it with the help of a big VC.
0: That yeah. might work.
1: You uh-huh. know, you, always it's about your story. Uh huh. It's, it's not about Calabasaurus. It will be. But getting <laughs> in the door is going to be about Jess's story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What is your story? And the story's got to be about the hardship, where I come from, what I've done, and you've got to really be able to sell that story in to get in the door. I'm Aussie, I'm from Sydney, I guess you're from Sydney, whatever. I'm not going to try and sit and make the story out for you. But, th- that, <laughs> but that's the game, the game. Yeah. Whereas in Australia, it's not the game. Yeah. Here, it's not the game. It's not about your story. It's about… Numbers. It's about numbers, here. yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what's the likelihood of me getting a return and mm-hmm. what other things have, uh, do I have on my desk at the moment relative to this one? Have I got time to look at it, et cetera? Um, and here, it's about who you know. Can someone get me in to see this individual? who's, you know, looking at this stuff, mm-hmm. um, looking at these, you know, who's someone on the investment committee or is it someone at the boss there or someone who's out there scouting for new businesses to acquire or invest in. Over there, it's, it's the story starts and right. that that's what it's important. Like, you know, just, just exporting yourself to San Francisco actually starts to build a story, especially if you can get someone to write about it. You know, who's this chick in town who's Australian and she's got this great idea and she's now living – so-and-so, and every day she's, you know, turning up places, you know, doing 20 visits a day to 20 different places, knocking on the door and everybody's knocking her back. Who's this, who is this woman? Um, you know, that there's there therein lies the story. And Americans love that. They love that stuff. And uh, and they're less, um, by the way, they're less um, um, formulaic in terms of whether they'll invest compared to the Australian tech investors. Australian tech investors are very formulaic. A whole lot of hurdles you've got to hit. Mm-hmm. In terms of where you are in your cycle, etc., where you're at, um, but you know Daniel Petrie, Petrie Ventures, great guy, good investor. Um, the guys at Blackbird are the same, and they've got big funds and other hundreds of millions of dollars ready to sink into businesses just like yours.
0: Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Jess.
1: Thanks. That's fantastic. Calabosaurus, get on to it. Thanks very much.
0: <laughs>